This is where Marcus sings. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. I'll do harmony. Go ahead. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. I, I want to feel the heat with somebody. Can't do a Whitney? Yeah. I want to dance with somebody. With, with somebody, somebody who loves me. me. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're just going to keep that. That was the okay. commercial break. <laughs> you dance, you dance, dance. I used to make my high schoolers pause for a moment of silence for the late, great Whitney Houston. <laughs> Anytime that came on my Spotify. Oh, uh-huh. man. Welcome to episode 25 of the Canvas Casters podcast. We're here with Susie Lolly. She's been in Georgia public education for 18 years, served both as a middle and high school English teacher and as an instructional technology specialist for teachers in K through 12. She's currently a technology integration specialist at Kennesaw State University and supports the personalized learning initiatives for a Fulton County elementary school. She's also a Microsoft innovative educator expert and a master trainer. As if all of that wasn't enough, we have Susie on the show today because she's an amazing Canvas resource and provides great content on our YouTube channel with her Canvas for Little series. We mentioned this on Twitter recently, but we're really trying uh, to give you a ton of great guests here at the beginning of the school year, and we are kicking it off not only with Kona Jones, who everybody knows in the Canvas community, but now another heavy hitter, Susie Lolly. Welcome to the show. Hey there. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It's so awesome to have you, and I know Marcus and I are really excited, so we're going to cut right to the chase. Um, I absolutely love your YouTube channel and specifically the Canvas for Little series. So thanks for being on the show. As we said, we know so many educators are kind of being exposed to Canvas for the very first time. And it's a question we get asked a lot, right? That Canvas feels like a secondary or post-secondary tool. So I think what I'm being asked the most right now is how in the world is this being used in the lower grade levels? Like it just doesn't make sense. For some reason, it's for some reason, and it doesn't seem to be computing with elementary school teachers. So what stands out to you as uh, someone who sees in that lens of the LMS for littles and primary students for Canvas? I think, first of all, I'll say, and this is probably skipping ahead, we'll revisit, but I think it didn't stand out to me as something for little kids. It was originally a college product. And so that's why it can do everything, be more. And and a lot of elementary teachers are like, can I just, you know, have education? Can, can we just do some lessons with my kids? Like, just cut to the chase. I want it to be cute. I want it to be functional. Move on with your life. Right. And so it's not cute by nature. And it's uh, not basic by nature. And I think that's what caught my attention was I've got to train little kid teachers on the same product that I'm training high school teachers on. So what angle can I come at it from that will make them feel engaged? And so that's what got me, uh, you know, kind of into figuring out ideas for Canvas for Littles and started my exploration project, shall we say. Nice. I, uh, Eddie, we're going to, we're going to feel like a broken record through this whole thing uh, because we're, we're always talking about this and we're just, I'm, I'm amped up because we're going to get it from like a guru here. Um, and Eddie and I are both secondary people sort of by training and, and you have some secondary English experience yourself. Uh, yeah. so, so I can relate to that. We're going to mm-hmm. go into like some kind of English teacher, like develop a tribe and then they leave the other guy out. That's what's right. going to happen the rest of this podcast. We're going to start using some polysyllabic uh, words and oh Eddie's my. just going to he's going to tune out. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> See, exactly. See, Boom. many syllables. There you many go. Syllables. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, broadcast um, writing. <laughs> so 
in all seriousness, back on topic. All right. In giving some advice, that's what you're here for. We want to yeah. get the skinny on how <laughs> our, our primary teachers uh, can really leverage Canvas. So uh, if you were to come up with a couple like pieces of advice, not necessarily tools or anything yet. That's, yeah. That's another thing. But what are those pieces of advice that you would give someone who's brand new to Canvas? And there are a lot of them. I'm in yeah. groups. I'm. You're probably on the Facebook groups. And everything I see is, we're new to Canvas. I start school on Monday. How do I, <laughs> you know, how do, I do blank? Yeah. And I mean, I don't have enough time in the day to even try to assist. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing all this stuff and I'm thinking, you know, could I put it into two or three pieces of advice? So since I can't <laughs> do it Here for I go. It. <laughs> So the English teacher who can write 1200 words with no. So let me simplify my life. I think the first thing is knowing that you do not have to do everything Canvas does on day one or day 10 or day whatever. Um, I mean, I'm thinking my my Canvas for Little series is a pretty good place to start, you know, just saying. But anyway. <laughs> pretty good. But uh, yeah, that's that would be my first piece of advice. But um, I think the thing would be to little kids can do it, but they cannot do it necessarily the first time or the fifth time. And so whatever it is you're doing that you would just say, okay, guys, read the directions, move on. Uh-uh, ain't going to happen. And it's certainly not going to happen for kindergarten students or their parents, is who I really think of a lot with a lot of sympathy, is it's not going to happen for a digital kindergartner on the first time. So I give advice like, okay, the first time you ever do a digital lesson with students, Canvas or otherwise, we're just going to log in, log out, log in, log out, log in. All they're doing, typing in their lunch number, whatever it is they log in with in your world, they're going to log in, they're going to log out, and they're going to get a gold star for that. That's all they're doing, like 10 times. The same way that you would chunk any lesson that you do, you know, in the elementary classroom. It's, you know, I don't know if you guys hark back to the days of Harry Wong, but I've been doing this a long time. And he talked about how the first two weeks of school, all you do is practice routines. It's where do I put the paper? Where do I put the paper? Where do I put the paper? Where? Do, I mean, it's just over and over. And so I feel like if you are an elementary teacher who's afraid of Canvas, you can you can have a little bit of fear because if they try to do all of it at once, it would be a terrible idea. But let's just say, okay, today is log into Canvas, log out. And we're going to do that five times. That's all. Lesson over as far as technology goes. Tomorrow, we might try to do a discussion. And we're going to do a discussion on this topic. We're going to do a discussion on that topic. And that's the only thing we do for several, you know, several lessons. So they get really good at one thing and then you add a new thing. It's exactly like, you know, Canvas is not face-to-face teaching. It's not even close to being the same. But it's that same process of chunking and scaffolding. I'm going to do a little bit repeatedly till they get it. And then we're going to move on to something else. So I, I have this theory about elementary teachers, elementary education. Te- and my wife is a third grade teacher. So I'm not, don't, I don't want elementary teachers coming at me hot being like, don't you, Eddie. you don't be at me on social media um, because I have a third grade teacher who's my wife. And I, I just have this theory about why is it so scary for the Yes, very I feel everybody feels sorry for my wife. Um, I guess I'm just having a hard time grasping like what that barrier of entry is for them. Like what's mm-hmm. so scary about it? And maybe it is because it's such a a large platform because it is uh, it has the feel of that. So so when you're talking to elementary teachers, like how do you get them to get over that fear? Because like you put that into very good uh, constructive arguments for me, like. You're right. If I had pre-K kids or kindergarten kids or first grade kids trying to use Canvas, 
I'm going to spend an entire week or an entire two or three days having them log in and log out, log right. in, log in, log, and that's it. Like, don't <laughs> don't try to do anything else. But they're trying to put their entire like reading eggs curriculum on top of like the everyday bit math, classroom. like with the oh. bit, right. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? So I, I guess for me, my theory is that like because they have so many other platforms. Um, I remember as a high school teacher, I just didn't have that many. I don't know as an English teacher in the high school level how many other platforms you were trying to learn but if you're getting a ton of curriculum when it science curriculum math curriculum english curriculum as a teacher that gets overwhelming and you have all of these logins and all of these um, other texts to show kids then canvas becomes really scary because it is so large so what are you telling those teachers like the ones that are just super scared right now i don't know i i can't learn this i can't do it <laughs> um you know how are you coaching those educators around you well i want to go back and revisit what you said about your theory because when I, re- I you know i pre-read these questions a little before we started <laughs> and um you know i was like oh gosh i hope my theory matches his but when i was thinking about it i thought you know what uh having taught high school. And I'll get into why I, you know, there's a question somewhere we're going to talk about, I think. If not, I'm going to make you talk about it anyway. But I'm going to talk about how I even came to the K through two. Why am I even teaching about this? If I have no background in teaching elementary school, I taught middle and high all my years. Um, and so I, there are two different kinds of people. And so at, as a trainer, for example, I go into an elementary school to train people and they'll just smile and nod at me. They could care less what I have to say sometimes, but they won't say it to my face. High school, high school teachers will cuss me out, ask me when I'm going to be done, who told you we had to do this. And I was one. I was probably the happiest one there. But anyway, so, um, you know, I, I've, there's a, a different kind of person. And I will say that I think my high school teachers, we are lovers of curriculum. Like when I'm reading little pieces of the book thief or whatever out loud to my freshmen, I say reading like I still do it. But anyway, it's it's still in my heart. Um, you know, I'm emotionally invested in that. I'm, um, you know, I'm looking at the language. I'm like, oh, my gosh, did you see how Charles Dickens did that? I'm just so into the curriculum. I think the the ones who decide that my job is going to be working with little kids is because they have that mommy, daddy kind of spirit about them. And they just love those little babies. And I think when they come to something big like Canvas, they almost put up a protective shield to say, you're not going to do that to my babies. You know, they're little. Yeah. You know, they're little. I need I to protect that. them. This is not something they can handle. And so um, I feel like there's a fear on behalf of, of what you're doing to their babies and stressing them out. And I just think it's a different place than where a high school teacher's coming from. There's a love of the kids. Certainly in high school, I did love uh, some of my kids. <laughs> I love them all. I didn't like them all. Let's be honest. Let's just right. tell the truth. As my pastor would say, tell the truth, stay in the church. I didn't love, <laughs> I loved every teenager. I didn't like everyone, but there's something about an elementary teacher that just brings that. I want to protect my babies. And I think sometimes that makes it harder to come to a new technology. If it makes them nervous, they're thinking, what's this going to do to my kids? Oh, mama bear syndrome, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I want to, I want to jump back to something you said earlier about, you know, getting into Canvas and, and how to approach that as a as a new user um, that what you said again and Eddie and I talk about this every episode these podcasts ultimately are just for Eddie and I just to remember that maybe we're not completely crazy <laughs> and I love hearing what you say about uh, you know um, doing something that's you know low pressure and then doing that sort of activity multiple times because this is now a procedure Yes. Just like walking the hallways properly. Right. Um, and so that's something that that I know that I've been stressing in my district is like, 
we're going to need to pump the brakes on content and we're going to need to focus our efforts on getting kids acclimated to this space because mm-hmm. it is so new, um, not only for our remote teachers, but even our face-to-face teachers right now are already encountering scenarios where they started out last week face-to-face with 25 kids. Yeah. This week, they're down nine. You know, kids are gone. Kids are on quarantine for 14 days because they might be sick. So now these kid, these teachers are doing both. Yeah. And so they're learning very quickly here that, like, I need to get my kids in the LMS right now. Yeah. Prepare and get them. And But that's what they're talking about. That's what they were talking about today was like, oh, I got in there and I had them do this. And it was just something that was just fun and really quick. And and I was like, thank you. <laughs> because yeah. they're, they're thinking properly to prepare for whatever. It's not, it's not, you know, if it happens, it's when. You're going to go home. I mean, we started face-to-face in Georgia. We've been all over the news. My son goes to the high school that was the first one to close. Oh, and uh, we opened up for six days and we closed again. So, Solid six. Yes. So <laughs> taking advantage of that time just to say, I'm not going to wait and just use it. There's no longer, I heard somebody in another county I won't name, but I heard somebody say, you know, we're on, don't worry about Canvas. We're only using that if they go home. I'm like, but what? You're the one who knows how to use it. Right. So prepare the kids a little bit before they have to go home with their parents who've never used it. Yes. Amen, Susie. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on that team. Well, yes. well said. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the YouTube channel. Uh, so Eddie talked about it. Um, you got some serious things happening there. <laughs> yes. uh, so, and you, <laughs> uh, and, and as Eddie and I, we, we say every single time we do a podcast, we've got faces for radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a YouTube sensation. Oh, you're cracking me up. <laughs> speak, speak to us a little bit about, you know, how that came about. When did you start the channel? Um, how has it sort of morphed or developed over time? Um, and then if you have any advice for, you know, aspiring teachers that might want to leverage YouTube in their favor, what might you say to them? This makes me laugh so hard. Okay, y'all, I had zero views and zero subscribers until guess when? June 2020. It is August now and I am at, (laughs) I want to look, I don't even know. It's like 9,000. 9,000 something. Okay. Every day I'm like, oh, my dad says, I mean, my family is who I send these stats to. I'm like, can you believe this? I'm like, they're like, these are real people that watch your. So what? Uh, 9.08 thousand. There we go. That's the latest statistic as of Woo. right now. Um, anyway, it was 135 people, y'all. And I have, and I say y'all, yes. I have been doing some form of video, I think since 2017. It was, I did like a Christmas series or something. It was like a, I don't know what it was. Nobody watched it <laughs> except my family. Um, at that point, Facebook Live was hot. You know, YouTube's always been around, but I think it's like comeback or something. I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not in the SEO world. My brother just actually started a business doing that, so he gives me tips. But anyway, um, I was on Facebook Live so faithfully, like for two weeks at Christmas time, and then um, after that, I just kept it going. Like every Tuesday, I had you know a, a, both a personal blog I was doing a video for, and then also this one. And I mean, I would faithfully put those terrible videos up. Nobody watched them. (laughs) And that proceeded to continue to happen. Well, enter emergency remote learning is what I'm calling this. And I had presented in uh, 
I've flown a lot of places via Microsoft. I love them because they pay for my travel. So I've flown a lot of places for Microsoft, but one of the presentations I gave was in Seattle like a year and something ago, and it was called Canvas for Littles. And I posted a horrible replay of that because you can't even see my screen, okay? (laughs) But there's, I've always wanted to have a recording of me teaching because I'm like, I think I'm good at it. And I didn't have any recording. So I'm like, I'm just going to record myself and see what happens. It was terrible. But the content was good enough that one day I opened my YouTube channel that I hadn't opened in however. And I was like, oh, my. I was like, Dad, Dad. I don't live. My dad's visiting. And I'm like, Dad, oh, my gosh, there's 700 views on this video. And I thought that was the most amazing thing I'd ever heard. I'm now like at 200,000 views, y'all. It's insane. But that video was so horrible that you, like I said, the content was good, but you can't see anything I'm saying. And so I ended up, you know, I was like, I've got to get some new content out there because obviously this is something people need help with. It's a niche area that I think I could capitalize on. And it still took me like another month or something. We're going through a semi-adoption process and just we've had a whole lot with that. And so anyway, I didn't have any time. So when I finally put the videos up, they went gangbusters. I mean, people are sharing these videos like in Facebook groups that have 100,000 members. And I'm having personal friends write me and say, are you the same Susie Lolly that they're talking about in my Facebook group? I'm like, yes, I, don't think I am. There, I'm like, I don't think there is another one. But yes, that's me. <laughs> and so anyway, that's the journey. It just people needed help. And they found my video because there is literally you search canvas for littles, there is hardly anything. No. And so when I I found that that was a need, and I made a whole series about it, and people have just kept, you know, kept coming back for more. Um, and so anyway, I guess a couple pieces of advice I would give is if you if you upload a video that seems like people respond to it, keep on running with that. Um, I follow, I'll name drop here because I think she's an awesome YouTuber, but Sunny Leonarduzzi, she spells her name kind of crazy. But anyway, Sunny Leonarduzzi has a lot of great free content you can watch that has given me some good practical ideas. But just if you find a video that's that's hitting an audience, then keep sharing that. That's what people need. And, um, and the other thing is just to faithfully upload content. It does, I'll be honest, it becomes a chore at times. I have so many comments, which are a blessing. Most of them are a blessing. I had one person <laughs> leave a not nice one, but I guess that's when you get a lot of views, oh, somebody's, God. well, I mean, so no, I had Good a former, you. You're doing something right. <laughs> she said, I just have to quote, it. it was too funny. She said, this video goes too fast. And it reminded me of what kids must be feeling in the classroom. And uh, so I wrote back to her because I'm sassy. I wrote back and said, isn't it awesome that you can pause a video and rewind it? (laughs) You're in control. You're watching the video. You're driving now. Right. And she might see this video now. And I I do love you, sweet lady. But I, I thought that was funny. Anyway, so I told her that you could change the settings. But anyway, so just it does become. So my advice is if you hit a niche, keep going with that. I I ran with Canvas for Littles because that's what people needed. People have given me so many suggestions that I have plenty of topics for every week from now till whenever uh, to start making videos about. So you start to to hit what your viewers need. And then also high quality thumbnails. I, I fell into an accidental photo shoot, which is where my, you know, whatever that picture is that you see of me places <laughs> where I'm actually wearing makeup. Yeah. Okay. Screenshot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Again, courtesy of Microsoft, I happened to, uh, they said, who wants headshots? And I said, sure. I didn't know they were going to have a full makeup artist, full hair and everything. And the guy who did my pictures had shot Muhammad Ali and different presidents, not shot him, excuse me, shot photos of Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, you know, we're on audio. I just want to make sure they didn't get the context. And so 
I think good quality thumbnails. Get somebody to take pictures of you in the backyard, but show your face. That made a huge difference when I started putting my face on the thumbnails. And if you want to know how it developed over time, just go back before June and look at the hideous videos and you'll say, anybody can do this. <laughs> hey, so hideous videos. Let's have it. Let's tell a story. I am a firm believer. I've always done a session called uh, Flip the Lens. It's a video production. Having teachers that are kind of scared of using video in their classroom to like actually try it, right? And give yeah. them some steps to do it. I think we've evolved in our learning of how YouTube develops education and how YouTube becomes the place we go to learn things. Mm -hmm. If you want to fix your washer, where do you go? How to fix my washer? And you put the model number in and all of a sudden you can fix your washer. I put in my paver patio watching YouTube videos, but I've always been a perfectionist because I'm from the video production world. So I love to go in and final cut and I've got my audio and all my channels and I've got all my graphics and special effects and everything that I do. Teachers don't want to hear that, right? So I am perfectly fine with going on and seeing some dude with a camera like vertical and like it's not even a good quality video you're willing to watch it because yeah. you're gonna learn something because mm -hmm. that's the place that you learn something in and so when you were like it's a terrible video and I'm like no 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 it's perfect like that's the ones really are terrible but yeah. I think it can be an inspiration <laughs> yeah. to people that you can survive right. that and right. come back <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and no and it doesn't have to be perfect I think that's that's what I've always tried to tell teachers like it doesn't have to be perfect do a little screencast something where it should but show your face make it personal right Right. Those types of things yeah. are things that you can't fake in an editor or fake in doing video production. Stuff that you really want to have kids learn over time um, is to build a relationship. And you can do that with video very, very easily. Uh, you're right. If I go and Google right now Canvas for Littles, Susie Lolly is the first person that pops up. So <laughs> I'm going to keep on doing that face. It's that face. What if for you met me in real life and my head was stuck like that? You <laughs> thought it was really a good shot, but it was my head was stuck like that. For those of you, for those of you listening on the podcast and cannot yes. see the face, this is so good right now. It's um, a sideways dog hanging out the window type of a face, <laughs> is what I'm doing. Oh, oh man! But we are. That, we're there's a visual. Yeah, we are. We are trying to. Uh, we're we're going to try to video record this as well, so we can put it on YouTube, so you can actually get the full effect. So we continue to do that, Susie. We we can't wait yes. to show that to everybody. Absolutely, all nine point oh eight thousand of them. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. awesome. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and Susie's got all kinds of tips and tricks. We want to, we might steal a little content here about her simplifying of organization of Canvas, as well as some of those little tips and tricks you can do as an elementary teacher for those Canvas for Little Classrooms. We'll be right back on the Canvas Casters podcast. wanted to tell you, the listener, about Rocketbook. Now, Rocketbook can be found at GetRocketbook.com. The Rocketbook system that they've developed connects traditionally with like a notebook that they've created that you can then scan the pages that you write on into favorite applications like Google Drive, OneNote, or other major note-taking applications. They even make a notebook, Marcus, get this, that you can erase the page and it it feels just like paper. It's not, you know how like back in the day you'd get like a white erase marker and they'd give you like a laminated page and then you could write on it and then you just, you just take an eraser and then erase it and then you get the smear all over your hands. It's kind of gross. That does not happen with their futuristic technology if paired with a pilot friction ink pen. Did you see what I did there? So 
their notebooks, Marcus, are magical. <laughs> magic notebooks, yes. Uh, Absolutely I, magic. I love it. I love it. Um, and, and so my thing, I have people all over the place at, at conferences, uh, in my own buildings, in my own districts that are, you know, coming to professional learning opportunities and, and PD and webinars, and they're taking notes. And I love that they're taking notes. I happen to take my notes in, you know, electronic format directly by typing, but some people don't want to do that. And so the, the rocket book does this thing where it's kind of the best of both worlds. It lets you write, it lets you sketch note, it lets you doodle um, in the conventional way that you would have back in you know middle school when you were distracted. Uh, but you can take those notes, but then you can boom, send them straight to drive, send them to OneNote, and you've got sort of a digital version of that. Um, so it's kind of wild, it's a little bit futuristic. I don't know how it works exactly, but it's awesome, and we've got our hands on a couple of them. Right, and we're not just we're not just talking about Rocketbook because we like Rocketbook so much. We right. have two of them that they sent us, but these aren't just your standard notebooks, Marcus. We need to be upfront about that. These are branded Panda planners, which is a thing. Which is a thing. There's there's this system that this company developed. They're called Panda planners. They've developed this system about how to like organize your planning for the day, how to recognize goals and really be, um, I guess, thankful for some of the things that you're having. Like it's a really cool system. So if you look up Panda Planner by itself, like it's, it's a pretty cool deal, but Rocketbook has paired with Panda Planner, Panda, obviously we love, right? Right, <laughs> right up, right up our alley. Um, and, and Rocketbook was generous enough to send us two. So we're really happy to launch our next giveaway, which is to give you some Panda Planner Rocketbook notebooks. They're really, really cool. And you can look them up, Google them, Rocketbook Panda Planner, um, as well as going to getrocketbook.com. That's where you can find all the information. Marcus has details on our next little contest slash giveaway. So we can basically just pass these right along to you. We didn't keep any, unfortunately. Now we're going to have to go out and buy a couple. But right. They're so cool. And you guys are going to love them. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to get either. Here's how here's how you get in the get a piece of the action. All right. You've got a couple options. Option one, take a picture of your workspace, your lack of organization, um, I, I joke with people all the time about having like the post-it note crazy thing happening around your workspace. So take a picture, show us that you need this level of amazing organization in your life, or even better, take a quick video showing why, you know, convince us why you need this sort of thing in your life. And then whether it's a video or a picture, go to social media. Twitter, Facebook, mention at Canvas Casters, mention at Get Rocket Book, and then throw the hashtag Canvas Pandas. So at Canvas Casters, at Get Rocket Book, hashtag Canvas Pandas. You've got until August 28th to share your picture or your video. Get it to us. Let us see it. Let us see why you need this because i'm telling you i've looked i looked at the panda planner structure i need to i need to be about this life i don't know how i've gotten to this point in my life and not been using it because right. it gives you like this like science proven thought process yeah. 
from planning from from small goals to larger goals and having a timeline it's it's amazing and then you combine that with the the crazy magic of a rocket book and it's a pretty impressive thing plus you got a panda right on the cover i don't know how it gets better i right again Marcus and I saw these and we went, it's got a panda on it. We need this. Um, so we were lucky enough to reach out to the company. They sent us a couple. We're throwing them a bone. Rocket book, panda planner. Please, please, please go check it out. It's amazing. And let's see those pictures and videos of the Hot Mess Express when it comes to your organized life. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see. You don't want to see mine. So, right. um, you know, my classroom, my classroom uh, desk was not the cleanest ever. So this is going to be a fun contest and we hope everybody gets involved. And again, thanks again to Rocketbook for sending us these Panda Planners. All right, welcome back to the Canvas Casters podcast. We're here with Susie Lolly. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about organization. Uh, and I want to ask you, uh, Susie, some some tips and tricks that you have, because when we talk about organizing within really any LMS, but it, it, in Canvas specifically, the organization and the way we build that out for students is vital. And, and it's I think it's different. If we're talking about kindergarten versus second grade. I think the way that looks is completely different. And so what are your tips for uh, for new teachers to Canvas or current, uh, maybe even veterans, as far as like what you would like to see them do that's going to make the organization better for kids and for learning? Well, I'm going to say it in like, I guess, a three-pronged, but I won't go that deep into all of them. I do have videos about them. Yes, I do. But anyway, um, one of them is, <laughs> I know, uh, shameless plug. Anyway, no, one of them is about simplifying the sidebar. That sidebar is insane in the membrane. And people have, I mean, there's like, do you want to turn this on this? And, and people forget to turn the buttons off. Parents don't know. I'm just going to talk about parents for a minute, especially little kids. There's no little kid getting on Canvas by themselves at home. A parent is helping them get there, and a parent is harassing older kids even if they, you know, don't know where to go, what to do. They've got zeros or whatever. So let's help the people out and uh, get rid of all that stuff on the sidebar you're not using. I'm a fan of, like, four buttons. Let's see if I can do them off the top of my head. I like home because you can't get rid of it. <laughs> um, I like modules. I like grades. And I like announcements. That's all I keep on my sidebar. Everything I do, and I'm going to talk about this later, I run through modules. So I'm just a fan of simplifying the sidebar. I'm also a fan of specifically for little kids, um, I've heard this from several teachers. They actually like to make a module if you're K-1-2 and you're self-contained so the kids are with you for every subject. They, uh, the teachers I'm hearing from uh, based on the YouTube feedback are they like to have a module per day. And then the kids know I work from start to finish for that day. So it could be science and social studies and whatever all jumbled up together, but they know this is what I need to accomplish today. And so that's what I'm hearing. And that was a unique perspective for me. I've always thought of modules being more topic-based. Um, and then the third thing I would say is to make your homepage very visual. I know some high school teachers are a fan of just dropping kids in at the content on the modules, and that's great for high school. But for elementary, putting in pictures that they recognize and that they can click on to go places. So a picture of Seesaw, if that's where they're going. You know, a picture of ABC, if that's where they're going. A picture that shows them where their sight words are or at least buttons that have emojis or something on them. So something just very visual and uh, simplifying that sidebar, visual 
you know, visual homepage and then also keeping things in modules with a clear title and objective on the module, I think it's going to be how you're going to make it more um, shallow for your little kids. I love that. And it, the analogy is good because we always like, I always like to say like Canvas is 10 miles wide and five miles deep and good luck if you're brand new trying to get that done in like three days, right? Because that's yeah. I, essentially that's what people are trying to do. They, they were yeah. handed Canvas, you know, three days before they were starting school and they needed it immediately. And I think those things that you talk about, I think the thing I always tell people is like, right now you just need to simplify your life and here's how you do it. Like let's turn off things in navigation. Let's add announcements to the homepage. Let's do some things right off the bat that will get you some small wins. Cause I think that's what they need the most. Um, Absolutely. I'd I'd really love to dive into, cause we talked about a little bit about personalized learning in your introduction. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk a little bit about like what that journey has been like for you? Like kind of um, transitioning maybe from a traditional learning style to like focused a little bit more on personalized learning. I know when I I decided to do that with teachers last year and it was mm-hmm. super successful and I, I didn't want to go back. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I always want to do it in this model. I always want to do it this way. So talk to us a little bit about what that's been like for you and, and how you're seeing success with that. I'm going to be totally honest. I've not seen the success I want with that. <laughs> I don't oh, no. want to make up a lie. Right. No. Um, this is... But I would like to dive into it a little bit because I think we have an opportunity. <laughs> I, I saw a meme that was so hilarious the other day. It says, I'm ready for some precedent times. I was about to say in these unprecedented right. times, I mean, it's so, so overused, but don't we have an opportunity to do things differently for the first time? Like by force, it is your older brother shoving you up. Oh no, I'm not going to use that. My sister-in-law making me give blood, even though I did pass out from that. Okay. Cindy Lolly, <laughs> I'm giving her a shout out here, but anyway, um, her saying, no, Sizzy, you're doing this. We have been forced by, it was against our will. You know, it was against everything that seems natural. I still will burst into a random cry over the way the world is right now. And so um, we were forced into a place where, oh my gosh, we actually have an opportunity to reach every kid with a tool that will give us the time and space we need to work with kids differently. I mean, I think that's amazing. So, you know, when you think of personalized learning, um, my the group I work for, Kennesaw State University, but specifically I teach, if you'll just look that up, KSU I teach, um, my boss is a phenomenal, um, you know, thought leader. And she and another and a professor there came up with a, a white paper on the conditions for personalized learning. Heck no, can I quote them all? But they basically, you know, they basically boil down to giving kids an opportunity to be agents of their own learning. And so that can be through path or pace or place or all those cutesy things we say. But it's it's taking some of the work off the teacher and making the student the agent of their own learning, even little kids. I know we're talking about Canvas for Littles. If I teach a kid over and over how to log in, and then if I teach a kid over and over how to do a discussion, and then if I teach a kid over and over how to do an announcement or do um, not even just that. Okay, let's say some things that can be embedded into Canvas, which is one of the things that makes it great to me. Um, There are other products that start with a G where you can't embed anything. And that bothers me because you're sending kids out. And so um, think about things like you teach a kid over and over how they can bring in a sway or bring in a padlet or something like that. And then as you've, you've exposed them maybe the whole first semester or two quarters, however you say it in elementary land, to all these opportunities, then by second semester, your kids can start saying, you say, hey guys, how would you like to review this? And your kid can say, I think a sway would work for that, Miss Lolly, or I think a Padlet would work for that. 
it's not the same as my high schoolers. I'd say, hey, I need you to teach me this. How do you want to teach me? And they'd go learn Powtoon or, or you know, something like that. It's not the same for elementary, but they can do it. I am the one who builds the foundation. I give them a big enough tool. I'm actually presenting on this at ISTE this year. Um, but I give them a big enough tool that can encompass the whole year. Canvas fits the bill on that. I teach them little pieces of it all in the first semester. And then by second semester, they're the ones saying back to me, I'd like to try this. And all I have to say is okay, because they've used it enough to know what to do. I'd like to do a discussion on this, or I'd like to submit a, you know, a video to you on this, because I've practiced it enough times with them that it doesn't feel scary anymore. It's like second nature, right? Like, I, yeah. I think I, the, the way that I've seen it be really successful is like teacher leadership as far as like coaching mm-hmm. um, in the situation I was in. So it was not only that, but you get an opportunity to ask them, like, why aren't we, instead of spending that week having your entire curriculum built into Canvas with a fancy little Bitmoji guy dancing across the screen, like, why why did we spend so much time on that and not maybe asking our kids in the first few days, like, what helps you learn better? You know, what are the ways that you can learn or how can you learn this tool better? Or what can we do to help you accomplish some of those goals instead of just, hey, here's Bitmoji Classroom. Get on. We're going to get you on. This is where you're going to find your stuff and good luck, right? Like, I think when I started, my mindset shifted from um, just trying to blanket everybody with this one tool and then asking them, like, what do you want to learn and how do you want to learn it? And then building out those modules based on individual need. Uh, I really started to see like a lot of growth, like teacher growth was incredible. So um, I'm glad you talked about that. That was awesome. That's exactly, I think that's exactly what our listeners need to hear. And that's exactly what I wanted to hear. So right, <laughs> that's and fantastic. This is, this is the moment right here where for those people who are going to look at, they're going to go to Twitter and they're going to see, oh, episode 25 is out and they're going to see, you know, Canvas for Littles. Um, this is the moment that brings it all full mm-hmm. circle. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the moment that Eddie's talking about teaching teachers. Yeah. And Susie's talking about teaching littles within Canvas. But the the point is it it applies to yeah. both across yeah. across the board. Yes. The the approaches, the mentality, the all of it. And so that's why like I hope that folks realize that like the the actions, the actionable, impactful practices it does not matter what age your learner is. Yeah. And And I teach teachers. I don't actually teach littles. I teach the teachers who teach them. And so, um, yeah, it, it definitely goes full circle. And, and again, I'm from a high school background. I think you said you were too. So it's good pedagogy is good pedagogy. So, and I know it's a different word for, you know, teaching adults, whatever, but you know, good practice is good practice and breaking things down into chunks. But then also we talked about that earlier, but then also giving people a choice instead of just forcing them through really does empower them. There might have to be more scaffolding and build up for little kids, but they can still have choice and they definitely have a voice. My three-year-old can make herself very well known. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just I'm I'm imagining this little angel is she's she's a gorgeous precious angel and all the uh, and time. not all the time though. <laughs> so you could have you could have just run with that. I'd have been no. Like, oh, I have to tell the truth. I, I can't. I tell on myself all the time. So okay. So Eddie, uh, we're 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 going back to something. I don't know what we've been thinking what, the last what, ha, what have we been doing what in the last in the last couple months one of the greatest parts of uh the podcast for the first you know we're almost at a year 
you know, wow. we're almost, almost out of here. Um, okay. and, and I mean, Eddie and I, we don't, we don't do anything for that long. So, um, <laughs> We've really been dedicated. I'm surprised uh, I haven't quit by now. <laughs> right, right. Good for you, Eddie. You're really sticking with me. Uh, but one of the things that we love doing uh, in, in episodes is asking our guests, you know, what's in your Canvas backpack? And ultimately, that boils down to what is the go-to tool? Uh, what is the, the go-to practice that you have uh, that you feel like is either underutilized by Canvas users or is just something that you depend on day in and day out in that platform that you just think more people should know about. So what's well, in the back? Considering, <laughs> considering last time I was in Indiana, I taught a workshop called Modules, the Hidden Treasure of Canvas. That would answer, oh, the, answer oh. it for me. So I feel like everything comes back to modules from the fact that they're easy organization. They have a next button. You don't know where to go. Little kids don't know where to go. They push next. <laughs> but also the fact that they can be self-paced. You can earn a badge in a module to let you know you can get a check. Oh, I love a good to-do list. I rarely check it all off. But, you know, the fact that you can get check marks in the, you know, to let you know you're doing a good job and you're accomplishing something. The fact you can get a badge, the fact that you can do mastery paths through a module. I have a great module on 80s music and uh, that I use with teachers. And so I'd have to say modules for all of those benefits. Totally agree. Love, love a module. Love yeah. a good module these days, right? <laughs> give, give me all the modules. All the modules. I, I, I'm going to need to see this 80s music module, though. Right. Oh, absolutely. I think you can search me in the comments and find it. I don't really hide anything I share. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we're uh, Susie, uh, this is awesome. I, I'm so excited that you said yes. And when you reach out to people and ask them to be on the podcast, it's a little like... Like we're kind of fanboying here a little bit. Will you oh please? My. Will you please come on our little podcast and talk to everybody about the awesome stuff that you do? The the YouTube alone. If people have not checked that out yet, all the links will be in the show notes. The stuff that you've talked about today will be in the show notes. But if you have not checked out Susie's Canvas for Littles YouTube series, it is phenomenal. Are you still adding to that, or is it like nine videos and you're done? No, I mean, I'm adding so much Canvas stuff that I feel like I lost. I mean, it's just called Canvas Crash Course Now, whatever it's called. Right. All the yeah. t all the tips will apply to everybody. <laughs> for sure. And they're not long, guys. You're not sitting in front of a computer for an hour and a half watching a webinar. These are very short, chunked, um, very easy to understand. They're just awesome. Just go watch them. Uh, so all the links will be in the show notes. Please go check them out. Susie, thank you again for being on the podcast. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. <laughs>